and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm joined by Jordan. Hola. And I'm joined by Dom. Good to be back. It's been a good week. Uh, last week was a two-man podcast. Uh, we didn't have you, Dom. We're glad to have you back this week. Uh, it's been a pretty steady week for me. I finished Wildlands. I don't know if I talked about that in last week's podcast, Jordan. Did I say I finished it last week? Because I don't know if I finished it. I think it you said week. you were going to finish it up. Actually. Yeah, so I, f- I finished the game. Uh, there's a good and a bad ending to the game. They're both quote-unquote good, but one's better than the other. One of them is um, for basically doing the bare minimum to get to the end, and the other one is for completing all of, like, killing all of the cartel or getting rid of them because you don't kill all of them, and then going to the final mission. Um, so I got the quote-unquote bad ending, and then I went and watched the good ending just because there's a lot of time investment there, right? With Andromeda coming out right around the corner, I didn't have a lot of time to put into Wildlands, and I wanted to finish it. Sounds Game's like a great. Batman Arkham Knight situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wildlands is great. So far for me, out of the games I've completed, it's my game of the year so far. That being said, I haven't finished Andromeda. haven't finished Hollow Knight. Uh, You know, there's a lot of games I haven't finished yet that came out this year. We'll we'll talk about one that has a release date for a part of it. Um, That being said, I finished Wildlands. Great game. The review is going to be going out uh, either the end of this week or next week. I'm currently working on the script for that. Um, And I've also been playing a ton of Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, the you know the controversial game. It came out to you know some subpar critical uh, reviews. It's one of those interesting things, and we can have this conversation at a later point when we put more time into it. Um, I think this is where Bethesda sees that it benefits only them, where you kind of have people play the game and the reviews come out at the same time. Um, a lot of the problems that reviewers had with the game seem to have been fixed with the day one patch, at least for my experience with the game. A lot of the performance bugs. I'm not saying that the animations are better or anything like that, but a lot of the other performance issues people are having seem to be gone. Um, and as far as the animation stuff goes, it's... I like the Fallout games. I think that kind of sums up the, the best approximation of how I feel about Mass Effect Andromeda, where, you know, Fallout games don't have great facial animation either, and I'm not giving them a pass for it, but... It doesn't pull me out of the game as much as other people talk about it doing. The rest of the game is very fantastic. Like, I think it's some of the best combat Mass Effect's ever had. Uh, some of the characters you get introduced to, I think, are great. I love PB. I love Vetra. Um, and I think it's a solid game. Is it a 9 or a 10? I don't know. I haven't played that much of the game. But uh, I do think it's a, it's a good game at the very least, and I'm having fun with it. Uh, what have you guys been playing? So uh, I'll just go through what I've been playing real quick because i got a, a tale to tell here. As I told you guys. Um, so yeah, I played a couple hours, first couple hours of Mass Effect. Um, and I feel pretty much the same as you. I think the combat's uh, way improved from the original trilogy. I think um, you guys know I love a dash button and you got an awesome dash in this game. Um, I really like the jetpack that you have and I, I do think the combat's really great. Um, the story I'm not far enough into to talk too much about. Um, the game looks good as far as the environments, uh, they're pretty crispy and, you know, playing on the PS4 Pro is, is nice. Um, but yeah, the animations, my biggest issue with the animations, um, you mentioned Fallout and stuff like that, Bethesda games. And, um, I understand that comparison and, um, I get that Fallout is, you know, another big standard for, you know, like, huge open-world RPGs, just kind of like the Bioware ones are, but I do think that Bioware has normally been uh, above the standard of Bethesda, and I think this is a downgrade for Bioware with the Dragon Age and Mass Effect games, but especially 
these animations are a downgrade for the Mass Effect series, which is kind of weird to see them go uh, backward, in my opinion. Um, the textures are high resolution, but the, there's no uh, life in the eyes of the characters, and there's really just up and down lip, lip movement and not a lot of dynamic um, facial, um, just small movements in the face. Um, but for me, again, I think the, know, just to interject, I think the humans look the worst in the game. I don't think a lot of the, like oh, the, absolutely. the Krogans and the Asari and stuff like that, I don't think they look as, I think the worst part is with the humans, which is the weirdest thing. You'd figure they'd have the toughest issue with the aliens, but yeah. 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 It sucks. And it, it is somewhat understandable. Uh, I even would give these guys a little more credit than the Witcher simply because you have a character customization here that you don't have with the Witcher. So they can uh choose what all the characters are going to look like um but it does suck that it seems like they've downgraded as far as the series goes and um it does suck that it seems like ea put their b team on this project um but i think we'll get on get a little more into that later so anyways um played a couple hours of mass effect i'm i'm good with that definitely want to get more into that i picked up a 3ds because i didn't think that i was going to be getting a switch for a while um and so i've been playing a bunch of mario kart 7 um and then a little bit of pokemon sun as well um and then kind of dabbling with a couple other little games here and there but uh mostly that um and we'll talk more about that later um but then the tale that i have is about my switch um which I'll go ahead and tell you the ending. I, d I did acquire a Switch. I don't have it in hand, but I am going to pick it up tomorrow morning. Um, basically what happened was, uh, you guys might have seen that the news outlets put out GameStop was getting uh, Switch stock back in Wednesday of this week. Wednesday, March 22nd to be exact. And so uh, I had been in the store doing some of my 3DS stuff uh, a few days before that. And I had talked to the store manager and said, you know, um, are you guys getting, are you guys actually going to have switches or is this kind of just a thing that people are talking about on the internet that's not really going to be a real thing? He's like, no, we'll have them, but I'd be really surprised if we have more than 10 consoles, so you might want to get here early. And I was like, dude, 10 consoles, I'll be the first one here. I'm not even worried about 10 consoles. If you have three consoles, I'll be good to go, you know. Um, so I was about to just, you know, get there super early Wednesday morning and be good to go, and that's exactly what I did, got there, like, more than an hour before they opened, I think, and there was just one, uh, other family there, it was, like, some kids and their mom, and so we were sitting outside of GameStop, uh, playing our 3DSs, just waiting around, and they uh, bought for them all to open 10, it. I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> sitting around, waiting for them to open at 10 a.m., and the guy walks out, uh, the employee that's opening walks out to take his bank deposit to the bank real quick before he opens. And he's like, he looks at us and he goes, uh, what are you guys doing here? And I was like, uh, we're here for switches. Aren't you guys getting them in today? And he's like, oh, well, that's the thing is all the news outlets reported Wednesday and all the other game stops are getting them today. But, uh, we here in Nashville are so close to the warehouse in, uh, Louisville that we got ours a day early. So we, already sold ours yesterday and i was like oh my god he was like yeah we were telling people that they could uh come in early and stuff just because we're so close to the warehouse and so tennessee got their stuff early but everybody else is getting theirs today 
And I was like, what the fuck? This is like just one of the random employees. And I talked to the store manager and he didn't tell me to be there on Tuesday. Like I would have, I went into work late. Like my boss was fine with it. I just said, Hey, is that cool? I would have just, you know, shifted that a day earlier if I had known no problem whatsoever. So he's like, but we have this Zelda bundle. See, uh, Jared and I had been talking last week about how, um, basically the only thing, the only way to get a switch up until, uh, this point was, um, to go get this $600 bundle from GameStop with Zelda and Just Dance and a bunch of accessories. It was worth $600, but it's way more than you're expecting to pay for the console, um, when it's initially 300 so... For a lot of the shit uh, you probably won't want or need. Um, I checked everything out, and I could definitely use it. It was, it had an SD card, it had a case, it had, um... Okay. A screen protector and all that stuff. Like, it was good stuff. It was good stuff, and I calculated it. It was worth 600 but like I said, I just wasn't trying to pay that much, you know? Um, so, I didn't want to do this $600 bundle. I wanted to wait, and then I heard the stock was coming in. I got really excited. Then this whole thing happened where they got theirs a day early. And so then he's like, well, we got this Zelda bundle, and he points at the door... And he starts telling me about it, and I'm like, oh my god, if this is the $600 bullshit again, I'm just about to walk the fuck away from this. And he starts explaining it, and I can tell it's a different bundle. I'm like, oh cool, how much is it? He's like, oh, it's 460 And so, basically, it's uh, it's it's still plenty more, but it's uh, the Switch, the Gray Switch, uh, Zelda, Zelda Expansion Pass. Um, it's got a case that looks like the Shiki case that comes in the Zelda Collector's Edition. It's not exactly I know like that, about. but it yeah. has that eye on it, which I'm totally yeah. down with. Um, and then uh, the Zelda Collector's Edition Strategy Guide, which I was already planning on getting. And um, a headset. So the headset's the only thing I could do without. It's a $20 headset. doesn't add that much value to the bundle, so I'm not that worried about it. So basically, I got everything that I was going to get anyways, and so I wasn't too, too upset, but I was like really wanted to play this today so he's like it's cool dude because the same reason that uh we got ours early uh yesterday you'll get yours early and so um that was yesterday uh wednesday the 22nd and i'm going to pick it up tomorrow morning on the 24th so not bad at all coming down from louisville to nashville um so yeah wish i could have you know given you some zelda impressions this week but i think we're going to save that for next week and uh it's been quite a journey quite a quest you might say you know i'm trying to complete this checklist here Um, you'll have many more of those once you get zelda yeah exactly so um once it's in my hands tomorrow i'll really feel good about it but yeah i think we're good to go i've been watching the tracking and it's on its way so yeah that's what i've been doing this week (laughs) i got a short one so super mario run hit android i think late i think last night at midnight uh, so I downloaded that really quick. It is free to begin. I'm not sure. When oh, that's why you just jumped in. I was wondering, yeah. like, I was like, this is oh, yeah. such a random time for you to just hop into <laughs> Super Mario Run like five months after it comes out or whatever. Yeah. No, no, it finally hit Android. Uh, uh, and I, I played it for like 10 minutes last night and I really liked it actually. Um, I'll probably, I've never liked a, <clears throat> a phone game this much, I guess, except for Fallout Shelter was pretty good, but. So I might end up actually just forking over the 10 bucks to keep it uh, eventually. But that also reminds me that I saw today that Elder Scrolls Legends, that card game is coming to Android and iOS. Uh, 
for phones this summer. It's already on iPad, but apparently not iPhone. Something weird like that. But I'm excited for that one. Uh, Jared, we can play against each other if you so desire. Yeah, I've already played some of it on PC, so yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I've just still been playing... Wow, that Not was way, much. guys, that was way too friendly right there. <laughs> hey, let's play some video games together. Yeah, sure, let's do it. It was like it. an E3 conference. Like, Zero okay. smack talk whatsoever. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the type of player. I let, my, I let my play do the speaking. I know. I know. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Jared's the silent assassin. So, other than that, I, I try to put more time into Horizon, uh, and it's just tough. To go between that and Zelda back and forth, those so that's the other games. game I've been playing. Is what was Breath it? Of the Wild. I think it was. Uh, was it Witcher and Batman that I played in 2015? And that I was would just, be tough too. Yeah, I was racking my brain because, or no, it was some other game with a horse. Because it's like you get, you use one button to get on your horse, and then one for your sword. So in one game, I'm like just hopping on my horse, and then I switch over, and I'm accidentally like cutting my horse down. So it's things like that. So like we were talking about earlier, the controls are, well, Zelda's controls are frankly, they're just a little different than most games. So that's, that's really their fault. <laughs> but it's hard to go back and forth from that. But then there's other things that aren't really the fault of anything, but in Zelda you can climb pretty much everything. Uh, in Horizon, it's only, you can only climb, you know, like Uncharted, like specific spots that are made for climbing. So it's frustrating to go back to that game and not be able to climb stuff, which isn't necessarily a fault in a vacuum when you're playing Horizon, but after you just played Zelda for a bunch, you feel constrained when you can't climb over a mountain. And, and so I on. will say this. I've jumped, I've, you know, hopped my way over a lot of mountains in Horizon. Yeah, you can do it. It works surprisingly well, well in that game. You end up, I don't know, I, I feel like I end up just bunny hopping at a, at a wall and I don't end up getting anywhere. I don't know. It's, it's not, you know... It's not as freeform as Zelda, and you'll see what I'm talking about when you get it, where it's literally like you're limited by your stamina, but that's I think that's a good thing because it's <clears throat> at least somewhat realistic. And it, it, the funny thing is, is it's overall less realistic that Link can climb anything. Yeah, doesn't make any damn sense. But as from a game the game design perspective, it's God, it's it's amazing. Like also one so, of the best things about that game. One thing that makes Zelda better than Horizon, you can ride bears in Zelda, which is really cool. <laughs> I've not done that either. There's yeah, so but many you can things. ride, you know, like robotic oxen in uh That is Horizon. true. That's pretty you can, cool. <laughs> you can yeah, mount those dinos. There's nothing like Horizon. a cavalry of bears, okay? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or an army of chickens yeah. a boss. Um, so that, that's what I've been playing. Over, I mean, at this point, I think I'm upwards of 30 hours into Zelda. I'm playing a whole lot of it, so. <clears throat> and most of that's uh, on the go, correct? 99% of it, yeah. And you're enjoying that experience? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a topic next week after you get some time with it. Um, sure. Yeah, the handheld experience is just superb. So. Okay. That's and then uh, one thing I, I actually meant to ask you this before the show, but uh, like I already know it's not a spoiler for me and Zelda. Uh, this is like so like in Wind Waker, you're in Hyrule, but there's it's been flooded, so there's everything submerged right and so then this one would be after that where the waters come back down correct or it's it seems that way going into it I, honestly I, I don't know <laughs> i don't know where this <laughs> i mean a lot of people like that was what people were saying on the internet because i was going to ask you about um i've seen like side by side shots of 
um, you know, Lawn Lawn Ranch or whatever the fuck, um, some spots that you can see in the old game and the new, um, I mean, Ocarina of Time, I should say, um, and uh, it's cool to see how they've looked deteriorated now that it seems they've been underwater for so long. Yeah, I, I didn't see any, like, physical uh, similarities to the old games that I recognized, at least. I mean, obviously, there's, like, Death Mountain uh, and, like, the Temple of Time. I guess that's a good one. Yeah, you, you do find the Temple of Time, and it's it's all run down. Um, yeah, I yeah, think it is cool physically regard. the same spot, yeah. I'm going to have to, like, pay more attention then. Maybe I'm just not noticing, but I did hop notice... On that, uh, you're far enough into it. I'd say hop on that Reddit chain, man. There's some cool stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, I probably need to at this point, but... The other thing I did notice is there's landmarks that are named after stuff from the old games. So um, you probably won't recognize the names, but in like in the, in the there's this forest area and there's a little lake. Uh, and on the map, you see it's called uh, Saria's Lake. And then there's another one called Mido's Lake, uh, which are like some of the original characters in the forest in Ocarina of Time. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting little... I like that they did that. Just a nice little thing. That's cool in games, especially like long franchises. Like that's one thing that I'm noticing with Andromeda a little bit is there are these, and I'm only like what twelve hours into Mass Effect Andromeda. There are subtle hints to things that happen in the first right. trilogy, and it's awesome because as a fan, you know it, they're so subtle that if you're not familiar with the series, it's like okay, this is all brand new, cool, whatever. But if you are a long time fan, it's like oh, I understand that, I understand that, you know, it's really mm-hmm. cool. I want I want to give a quick shout out to I, and I think this is. Uh, correct, but I, I, there's no way to be sure unless you talk to the developer. But I want to give a shout out to the guys over at Gorilla in Horizon. Uh, there's this weird shaman guy that you talk to on the side quest who's been drinking uh, what he calls machine blood, which is actually you know probably like fucking antifreeze Oil. and coolant yeah. and shit. Yeah, and so he's just off his fucking rocker, and he's talking about having these machine dreams. And I'm almost positive that that is a reference to one of my favorite bands who has a new album coming out this spring, uh, Little Dragon, who is, um, I think they're from Sweden. They're from, you know, somewhere around there in Europe, right around where uh, Gorilla is located. So um, I'm pretty sure that's a, a reference to Little Dragon, if it is. Shout out to you guys. Research on that one, man. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to see if anybody's corroborated that online, but... Um, it seems that way because, oh, the, I didn't even explain. I'm sorry. He's talking about Machine Dreams. Machine Dreams is one of uh, uh, Little Dragon's album names. That's cool. So, that's a nice little hint. Yeah, I think countryman. that's what, I, I think so, yeah. Uh, let's get into the news. Uh, so the first bit of news here comes away of EA, their official blog. They basically talk about EA Play, which is their event they've been doing for the last two years at E3. Maybe one year. I think it's two years, though. Uh, and they basically uh, have this uh, this blog talking to people. So I'm going to read the first couple paragraphs here, and then we'll get into why this is important and interesting. Uh, Hello, players. We've had a lot of fun conversations over the past couple of months about what you're looking forward to seeing at EA Play. We're all hard at work putting together a great event for everyone, and we're excited to share today a little more about some of the games you can expect to see in June. So let's get to it. From June 10th to 12th, players joining us in Hollywood will get hands-on with the next Star Wars Battlefront, uh, which interjection here, we know that that was already coming out, so it's cool that players will be able to play it. And Need for Speed Experiences. So this kind of confirms a new Need for Speed game. You'll also get your first chance to play many of our upcoming EA Sports titles, such as Madden NFL 18, FIFA 18, NBA Live 18. This isn't all, by the way, and we'll have more to share in the coming months. 
Uh, this is cool because it confirms a brand new Need for Speed game. Uh, Jordan, uh, we've kind of speculated that the, the 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 pacing of the Need for Speed games, there's probably going to be one this year, and that's kind of true. Um, Two-year cycle. 2017, yeah. last one was the full-on reboot in 2015. And uh, I'm sure it should just be Ghost because I don't think Criterion's making these games anymore. They're supposed to be doing that fucking, you know off-road, all-sports, GoPro-type shit game that they were talking about a long time ago, so should be Ghost Game. Yeah, Love uh, them, Ghost Boys. Dom, quick question for you. They still haven't referred to it as Star Wars Battlefront 2. Do you think it's going to be called Star Wars Battlefront 2, or do you think it's going to be called Battlefront something else, or do you think they're going to ditch the Battlefront part? Like, what do you think the name's going to be of the game? Do you think they're just, it's going to be 2, they're just being coy? You know, I haven't, I didn't really think about it. I just assumed it would be 2, but... So for keep, me, I'm actually thinking they're. You think so? Yeah, for me, I think I think they're gonna do a subtitle because. Okay. Yeah, um, I think they might. You know, it was okay that they had the original Battlefront and the original Battlefront Two, and then you know, Battlefront Three got canceled, and so they rebooted it with Battlefront. But it would be weird if you had two Battlefronts and two <laughs> Battlefront Two. Two Battlefront Twos, yeah. Yeah, Agreed. so I think they'll. They'll steer from that. We might have two Battlefield 2s. EA isn't, uh, you know, because they, they called their last game yeah, Battlefield 2, so you never know. Who the hell knows? Good luck <laughs> to both Microsoft and uh, and DICE with the naming of the next Battlefield and Xbox. <laughs> right. Um, uh, the second piece of news here, uh, there wasn't too much to that EA story except for us uh, kind of getting a confirmed that there's going to be a Need for Speed game. Uh, the second news story here, we were talking about this last week. Where was our release date for the episode 3 of uh, Walking Dead New Frontier? We finally have a release date. March 28th, episode 3 is coming out. I'm really excited ah. for it. They have a teaser trailer. Uh, yeah, it's it's been too long. Uh, there's a teaser trailer up. I didn't watch any of it because there I, I don't need a trailer. <laughs> you know, most of us don't. We, we just want the episode to be out already. I've pretty much abandoned trailers altogether. I know we've been talking about that recently. I talked a lot about Media Blackout. Um, like, people were talking about uh, Baby Driver, I think, the new Edgar Wright film. And they were like, oh, this trailer, oh, Edgar Wright's so great. And I was like, Edgar Wright is great, and I'm sure the trailer was awesome. I will see the movie, and I'm just not even going to worry about it, you know? It's, it, it, like, when you know some, like, you know, Mass Effect is kind of... Uh, kicking me in the teeth here with this one but for the most part when you know like somebody's track record a director or a game studio or whatever you know like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get the next yacht club video game because they're fucking badasses at what they do you know yeah exactly um it's really interesting like i i do think that this was with the original two episodes coming out so close we knew we're gonna wait a bit i think you know i'm glad to finally have it but i do think it took a little too long uh I think we're all excited though, right? For episode three, it's, it's it's yeah. But to your point, Jared, like, why not have one episode? I get that they were part one, part two. I don't really feel like they were like that closely connected. Maybe you'll see more when it's all five episodes that they were closely connected. But I feel like one in December, one in January, early February, and then this one at the end of March. It would have been way better pacing. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, another thing, this isn't in the news story, it's just some weird information that's out there that's kind of a leak, but not really, uh, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, this isn't confirmed by any means, um, but there is leaks or rumors out there stating that, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Episode 1 is going to be out April 18th, which would be 
three weeks before uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out, or 2, sorry, jumping the gun there, uh, Volume 2 comes out. So it, it, if that's the release date for it, that kind of plays into what we were talking about where we were like, well, it makes sense for it to come out close to the movie, right, for marketing and such. So uh, I'm excited for that too, but... Walking Dead Season uh, season uh, 3, A New Frontier, Episode 3. I think we're all excited for it. Love the name, too. It's going to be called Above the Law, which is sweet. So um, I like that a lot, and we're going to see what happens with, uh, you know, the events at the end of Episode 2. So we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking of Walking Dead, actually, the next story here is Xbox Live Games of Gold have been revealed for the month of April 2017 over at Major Nelson's blog. Um, this is probably one of the best months for Games of Gold in a while. Uh, so first up, April 1st through the 30th on Xbox One, you can get Rise, Son of Rome. It was a, uh, it didn't come out to a lot of critical, uh, success when it came out. It was a launch title for the Xbox One. It's a cool Spartan game. Uh, it, it's, it's a really interesting take on it. It's a, you know, third person action game. Um, a lot of people who play this game did like it. And I have a lot of friends personally that have said they, they wouldn't really consider buying it. But the moment it came out with Games with Gold, they're immediately downloading and playing it. Because it's just one of those games, like, you know, people may not want to, you know, spend their money on it, but if they have an opportunity to play it, they'll play the hell out of it. So I think that's great. It's their, it's their order, 1886. Exactly, exactly. This would be, yeah, this would be, I was going to say on the opposite side, if it was a PlayStation game, this would be one of those perfect games for me to pick up if it had, uh, they had just, you know, decided to do a PS4 Pro patch. Because it's a, you know, uh, technical powerhouse for its time i should say yeah it was a very pretty game uh lackluster as far as uh, narrative and stuff but very pretty uh the second xbox one game april 16th through may 15th if you haven't played this game yet walking dead season two which is huge um it's weird you know because maybe some people might not own the on the first season but i still think it's a, a decent jumping off point you don't i love season one walking dead but I, th- I think you can jump into season two uh you'll be missing some context but i do think it's great because the weird thing with Telltale games is though, like, we talk about how good they are and they do have a huge audience. I have a lot of friends who are quote-unquote more general gamers and they wouldn't even touch these Telltale games. So being able to have this be free to people uh, is great because a lot of people, I think, see it and they're like, well, that, that doesn't look like a, a, a video game I want to play or it doesn't look like a video game, period. And if you're able to just get your hands on it and play it, you'll understand why it's so special. So I think that's huge. So, so far, the games that are on Xbox One, huge. The second two games coming out for Games with Gold, also playable on your Xbox One. So you're taking getting four games for your Xbox One. Uh, April 1st through the 15th, Darksiders, the original Darksiders. Uh, people love this game. It recently had a remaster release on uh, next gen, or current gen, I would I should say. Uh, I've never played the Darksiders series. I don't know if you guys have any familiarity with them, but a lot of people do like Darksiders. Um, so have you guys ever played Haven't played. Haven't played much. I've... I've... Uh, started the original Darksiders actually picked up I've picked up both of them now uh, on sales on PSN on the the remastered versions on PS4 Um, so I plan to uh, play them and I think we'll end up getting Darksiders 3 um, with you know THQ Nordic rebranding itself rebranding itself as such and you know talking about all these projects they're working on and how they bought all these IP from the destruction of THQ, so I definitely think that we haven't seen the last of Darksiders. Yeah, it, I, I've always loved the aesthetic, I just never got around to playing it, so that's a, one of those games that, just like Rise, Son of Rome, that uh, I'll have the availability to just check it out, you know, at the worst part. Uh, 
The last game here, available for 360 and playable on Xbox One, April 16th through the 30th, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Uh, this is kind of the end cap to Ezio's trilogy. Uh, it takes place, you basically go as Ezio back to where the original Assassin's Creed took place. Um, I, I love that trilogy in the Assassin's Creed series. I think they're far and away the best games, in my opinion, which I could be wrong about that, but I think this is huge. Um, once again, it's, you know, Assassin's Creed 2 is, uh, is playable on Xbox One. I'm not sure about Brotherhood, which I would assume if Revelations is coming out, Brotherhood is available. Um... Yeah, but I, I think this is a overall this is a very fantastic lineup. It's a lot of different genres too. Uh, you have Rise Son of Rome, Walking Dead, Darksiders, and Assassin's Creed. I think it's a, I think it's a very good lineup for Xbox going into oh, as yeah, close this, as we are to E three. So, I'd say it's a stellar lineup this month. Yeah, huge. Um, I, are any do the, any of these games interest you, Dom? I know you don't really have an Xbox One, but <clears> do you think this is a good lineup? Do you think it's very solid? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Assassin's Creed Revelations is probably going to be its just too old and dated. It probably wouldn't be fun to play anymore after playing the newer ones. Uh, but it's that, still, that was a big game at the time. Uh, Darksiders, though, like you, I'd be interested in trying out. Because I've, I've always like, like kind of looked at those games out of the corner of my eye, but just never never actually tried it. So that'd be one. Um, I already, of course, I already played The Walking Dead uh, Season 2. And then, and then Rise, I've never, obviously never tried, but that would be another one I'd be curious about. So, yeah, that's that's a good lineup. That's a very good lineup. Yeah, I am interested to see what PlayStation has offered. It's, it's cool to compare them, you know, and see uh, PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation has is a is in a weird position in comparison because, though not you know with with Xbox games with gold, you're guaranteed four games on your Xbox One, which is huge. With PlayStation, you're guaranteed what is it at least two games on on a PS4, PS3, and Vita, right? Is it two guaranteed? It's a games it's a weird thing because you get you're getting more games, but. They're not. None of the PS3 games are backwards compatible, so it's you'd have to break out the PS3. It's but a weird dichotomy between the two. Sometimes they're cross by, so sometimes that's you really get cool. Six games plus, you kind of get extra. You know, you mm-hmm. get the PS4 version. It's, or whatever, if you're so. if you're all in on PlayStation, it's great because you, it requires right. you for the most part to have th- three different pieces of hardware. But if you're that in on PlayStation, you already you know should have a Vita, a PS3, and a PS4. So. Um, yeah, I'd like to call it, boys, this year, 2017. Uh, one of those consoles will be dropped. I'm thinking uh, it would probably be PS3 first, which might sound crazy to some, but I just think... Um, I'm thinking Vita. I mean, you might drop Vita. Well, yeah, and it does have a smaller library. It's probably harder to pick games for that. I think both but of them... But I was just thinking... I think you could drop both of them and get away yeah. with it. I was just thinking Vita's the newer one. You know, yeah. like... Oh, we're gonna drop this thing from like 2012, but the console from 2006 is or also, 07. Uh, I think it's less bad blood if you drop the PS3 as opposed to the the, the PS right, Vita. Right. You know, it's like well, you're yeah. cutting support. Everyone's already cut support for this handheld. Like, if you cut some, you know, the free games for PS3, it's like well, yeah, you should have a PS4 by this point. You know, it's a little different. I, I don't. Think. I can't see far enough into the crystal ball to say whether it'll be PS3 or Vita, but. I'm comfortable saying that it'll be this year. Some yeah, I'd agree. Hu- yeah, I, I agree too. Uh, so Mark some, it down, boys. Some huge news dropped uh, by way of GamesIndustry.biz. I thought it was an interesting article that I want to talk about with you guys. Over the last month or so, we've talked about how uh, Phil Spencer understands the importance of what he has to do with Xbox moving forward. He's done a lot with it. And one of the big concerns with Xbox is that they don't have the exclusives uh, that PlayStation has. And Jordan and I had a very funny conversation last week talking about how uh, PlayStation nails everything as far as exclusives, 
and Xbox is nailing everything as far as services, and they are kind of doing what the other one does uh, does worst, right? And they're doing it the best. And if they were to somehow merge into a company, they have all their corners covered. Um, or so- if we just had some uh, third party <laughs> who could uh, get their shit together. Nintendo. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this article by GamesIndustry.biz uh, is titled Xbox First Party is Critical for Scorpio, says Spencer. This article comes by way of James Brightman. I'm going to read you guys the article. It's not too long. And then we'll talk about what he has to say because I think he has a lot of interesting things to say. And the thing I appreciate about Phil Spencer is he understands, uh, you know, he has media training, so he understands not to let anything uh, leak. But he is he doesn't bullshit, you know. He's very straightforward with a lot of things, and he's willing to tell you how he sees it, which I think is great. Uh, so we're going to get into the article here. Microsoft has yet to shed all the details on its upcoming project Scorpio, but with the new hardware launch scheduled for later this year, the company has been wrapping up its efforts internally. A huge part of the effort will be having top-notch software and showca- uh, to showcase the impressive power of the Scorpio, and typically that burden falls to the platform holder. Xbox head Phil Spencer recognizes the importance of that challenge. In her Twitter Q&A session, the executive commented, We're very focused on IP games. I'll be careful about when we announce things, but I know strong IP is critical. Adding that having those first-party games ready for Scorpio's launch is also very critical. Spencer said that having spent time overhauling Xbox Live, his team wants to put the same level of energy into first-party development. It's a journey, started with focus on hardware, longest timelines, we've rebuilt Xbox Live and OS, bringing same focus to IP, he remarked. Most of us would be uh, would guess that Scorpio will get its full reveal at E3 this year, but Spencer wouldn't commit to a date or event for it yet. What he did stress, however, was giving the software a chance to shine during E3. I want to give our games more time on stage at E3. I sometimes feel like we rush telling the story of our games at E3, he said. Apart from the important nature of fleshing out his first-party roster, Spencer also commented that he still believes in getting the big Japanese publishers on board. The Xbox platform may be all but dead within Japan, but publishers like Square Enix obviously recognize that there's value in bringing games to a machine that has a global audience. And the last part of the article here, let me scroll down. I was encouraged by a trip to Japan. More work to do, but I'm committed to working with Japanese publishers, Spencer said. Japanese publishers who build games that they believe have a, a worldwide audience when uh, want Xbox success. Final Fantasy XV is an example. Yes, Visit to Japan confirmed for me we'd be seeing these coming JRPGs, and yes, I know I've said it before. It'd be interesting to see how the first-party studio system at Microsoft Game Studios evolves under Spencer's watch. The company's big franchises include Forza, Halo, Gears of War, and Minecraft. Rare is also working on what could be a big new IP in Sea of Thieves. And second-party reagent games is bringing out Crackdown 3. That's the end of the article. Uh, A couple of things I want to talk about before we go into a little open discussion. Uh, One of the huge things, when he said he didn't stress uh, event or time, and he states that he wants games to shine at E3... I think this all but confirms that they're having a pre-E3 event for Scorpio, an unveiling. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that's kind of their game plan? Is they're going to unveil it before? Exactly. Well, exactly pre-E3 event would be that. their press conference, right? Well, no. Uh, well, no. I'm talking about like, before their press conference, obviously. You're talking about like pre-pre-E3. Yeah, yeah. Because their press conference is part of E3. It's before the week starts, but it's still considered E3. So they could... You know, they could in like May announce a week or two ahead of it, you know, another event where they show the Scorpio a completely separate uh, idea. Just like if you look at the timing of when PlayStation announced the Pro event, it was only like I think two or three weeks before it actually happened. It wasn't very long at all. Only just enough time so that press could get their flights booked or whatever to get there. And that was about it. 
Yeah. I, I it's for him stressing so much that they want games to be the center stage. I I really think that's his way of confirming but not confirming, you know, that they're going to have this this event or somewhere else there where they talk about the Scorpio. Um you I know you play a lot of games that are Japanese published uh, Jordan what do you think about him saying that, you know, even though he, he knows that Xbox One isn't doing great in Japan, he still feels that publishers should understand how many people on the Xbox platform want to play these Japanese published games? Yeah, that's a big conundrum there, man. I think I've thought long and hard about this. You know, if I was in charge of Xbox over at Microsoft, how would I handle their Japanese situation because they're getting clowned out and they have been for a long ass time. I think it's uh, obviously a difficult market to break into when you don't start there like Nintendo and PlayStation did. Um, and it's been nearly impossible for them. I mean, there's um, you know, times where they only sell like double digits of Xbox Ones. You know, they could sell like 13 Xbox Ones uh, one month and then of course it's thousands upon thousands of uh, PS4s being sold, so it's really, it's a it's a very um, rough spot for them over there, but I think one uh, big thing they can do is, uh, yeah, putting those getting those Japanese games on the Xbox for the American fans um, to start to um, you know, get them on this, on the side of the Japanese games and want to have those brought over because, um, you know, play, Nintendo, but really PlayStation people for a long time have, have um, you know, imported games or, you know, pick up a copy of Kingdom Hearts Final Mix that before they were, you know, available in the States off of eBay or whatever. Um, I think the American Xbox audience isn't necessarily hungry always uh for these games not nearly as much as uh playstation is you know like nobody would have bought gravity rush on xbox even though nobody really brought it on playstation <laughs> but if there were going to be a place that people were going to buy playstation or uh gravity rush it would be on playstation you know so uh yeah i think if they can get some of these games in there to kind of be a trojan horse I think it'll be great because then maybe the American Xbox audience will be hungry enough for these games to ask them to tweet the publishers, to hit up Capcom, to hit up Konami if they ever make a video game again, whatever. Um, so yeah, they, they just gotta show the audience um, the importance of the games. Yeah, I think that it's, it's Phil trying to cultivate uh, a wider genre uh, for Xbox, right? And I think I do agree with you in the sense of as it currently sits, there aren't as many people interested in Japanese published games on Xbox than there are on PlayStation, but it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. Maybe that's because, you know, Xbox hasn't had all of these Japanese published games, so how are you going to have an audience when you haven't cultivated one, you know? And uh, I think there's plenty of room for that, and, you know, I'm not going to complain against more games being on Xbox. Uh, one of the other things that I think was a, a really powerful thing that he said in here is that he understands how strong IP is and that it's very critical uh, and I think this is coming from the perspective of, you know, Phil's always sh struck us, I think, as like a pretty, a pretty genuine gamer, right? And I think he understands he's not an idiot. I almost guarantee that he's seen all of these message boards and everything talking about how 
uh, you know, one when when Halo and Gears come out, it's like all Xbox has is Halos and Gear Gears, and then when nothing's coming out, it's like oh, the sky is falling. They have no exclusives, and I think that he understands that they, though they do have solid exclusives when they come out, their their catalog isn't even nowhere near what PlayStation's is, and he understands how how strong that IP is, right? Um, so I'm I'm it's great to hear about this. He's also in a, a position where he's talked about plenty of times where he doesn't feel that announcing things early uh, benefits you at all so it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see i don't think we're going to see too many out of the box crazy we've never heard of this game before uh we might see one or two but i don't think it's going to be the playstation thing where last e3 we saw what four four or five games that we've we've heard about what we've never actually seen before or just never heard about period um, we had well we had heard about every single thing in that conference from leaks, but we had never heard uh, official word on a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think uh, he understands uh, what they need to do to fix the position they're in. Uh, before we started, we were talking about the stories and stuff. Dom, you said something interesting that I would like you to kind of re uh, re uh, talk about um, uh, concerning uh, how Xbox is going to look like two to three years from now, if Phil Spencer's oh. taking in the direction we believe he is. Right, yeah, so I, that's what I think, I think you kind of, you were hinting at it, uh, and Phil was too, where he's in the position where he, he's saying to us, like he's speaking to us in code, like saying, you guys, I get it, I know, we need some first party exclusives, we need some big IP that just, you know, that, that just we have, but he doesn't want to just start admit that you know right at this moment I'm, I can't give you anything I think it's building I think he's been building it for the past year and in the next couple years they're gonna start to come out and eventually they're gonna be they're they're gonna have some heavy hitters of their own it might you know because that's him saying like I get it we need to do this and I'm working on it but I also don't want to announce things three four years in advance uh, kind of like PlayStation is presumably doing with some of their exclusives although surprisingly some of those came out this year that we kind of didn't even really consider because they didn't show them at e3 but like Neo and Gravity Rush, etc. But near Automata, Automata. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to see a big, uh, a big tidal wave of exclusives start to pour out uh, from Microsoft, like in the next coming in the coming years. Probably not. We probably won't see anything we don't know about this year. Um, maybe one uh, game. I, is, I assume. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe yeah. something that we haven't heard of yet that come, drops this year. Maybe something smaller. But this is like. Uh, like if you're a sports fan, this is their rebuilding year. You know, they're they're selling yeah, off yeah. all their good players and building it, up draft picks, right? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of when Reggie uh, was had that quote after the E3 where they showed off uh, Metroid Federation Force, I guess. And um, he's like, "Yeah, guys, I know this is not the fucking Metroid game you want, <laughs> yeah. but we have the NX coming out. We yeah. have the NX coming out, and obviously, we're not going to make." The Metroid game you want for the piece of shit console that only has 13 million people playing. You know? Yeah. Well, and the thing, too, I think that we have to appreciate here is he could have easily came out in this Q&A session when somebody asked him about them not having exclusives or not having IP. He could have been like, but our, piece, our IP is powerful. It's strong. Just wait to see what the games we have in the pipeline, yada, yada, yada. That's not what he said. Or He's he like, could have bullshit him even harder and said, well... But we do have exclusives. Yeah, Look exactly. how much Gears of War sold. Blah blah blah. Exactly. He didn't. He's like, I understand how strong uh, having IP is. It's critical. He's like, and we're working on that. Like, I, I'm working on getting stronger IP for Xbox. Like, he's like, yeah, I understand. I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on. I That's, hear you. It seems like Phil Spencer has to say that a lot these yeah. days. People are like, 
but Phil, what about Xbox? He's It'll like, pay off. I'm working on it, guys. Did you not see what fucking Don Matrick left me with? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I'm, I can only do so much in so little time, and he has done quite. If you look at his track record since he's taken over, like recently oh. with Game Pass and backwards compatibility, and completely that totally is a shifting. Sorcerer. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm excited for the future of Xbox. Uh, I I like that he's uh, you know he's not necessarily candid, but he is honest. Um, with the Xbox brand right now, and I do agree with them. I, you know, don't go crazy and think you're going to see all these revelations at E3 this year with Xbox. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw at least one, one thing. There could be some third-party partnerships as far as marketing, especially with Scorpio and stuff that surprises. But as far as a new IP, maybe one thing. But look for like you know two, three years from now. Uh, Microsoft has a lot of money that they can, they can put, they can put into this and put behind it, and. The interesting, the whole conversation we've had about this multiple times is Sony relies on PlayStation a lot more than Microsoft does on Xbox. And I think uh, Xbox is basically telling Microsoft, like, hey, if we can inject some money, we can we can bring in a lot more revenue. You know, and it's it's a from the Microsoft's perspective, it's like it's a win-win. Whereas with Sony, it's like we need to put money into these PlayStation exclusives because PlayStation's our breadwinner. You know, they account for so much of the profit for Sony. So, um it's going to be interesting how these next couple of years shape out with Project Scorpio, whether it's a new Xbox or it's Xbox 1.5, uh, PlayStation 5, and the, the other iterations they might do. It's going to be interesting to see how these things play out. But, like we've said before... It's going to, it's going to be called the Xbox One 2 Switch. <laughs> uh, like we said before, the best thing PlayStation gamers can hope for is that Xbox gets tons of awesome exclusives because competition is best for all of us. So, yep, yep. I, I can't wait for the future of that. Um, but the future, look to the future. Always look to the future. Please be excited for E3. Please clap. Uh, what, what else is in the future, Jared? Uh, what else is in the future? Uh, I'm trying Mass to lead Effect you into a segue and, yeah, here. Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda is in the future. I forgot what your topic was. My 600 um, plus years yeah into uh, the you have a topic for us that is related to mass effect andromeda but kind of goes towards a more growing concern in video games as a whole so take it away so it, it kind of piggybacks off of andromeda so yeah like like you mentioned earlier uh, mass effect andromeda came out to not even necessarily bad critical reviews but not up to par with the rest of the series yeah uh, definitely not what people expected yeah right but still on it on its own it's i don't based on what you guys have said it doesn't seem it's anywhere near a bad game, but no, no. Uh, that being said, uh, once some of these scores started to pull out, uh, you know, a day before the game released, a lot of people like to vocalize, well, oh, well I'm canceling my pre-order now, yeah, I don't have time for this, uh, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> so it kind of brought up the question to me um, of, like, how much do review scores affect your purchases? And, of course, this is going to be a different answer for every person. Um, so a lot of the... A lot of the a lot of what I heard of people vocalizing that they're canceling their, their pre-orders, uh, it felt like spiteful and trolling. Like, you, do you really need to go out of your way to, you know, try to talk down this game and tell everyone your kid sucks and you're canceling? Like, it's just, that's fine. I think there is um, some, some value in that uh, when certain people don't have quite as much time uh, and quite as much money. You kind of have to, you have to filter out what games you're going to play. And review scores, frankly, are the most objective way you can filter things out, right? Of course, not perfectly objective, but that's a place to start. It's a um, tool you can use. Right. Yeah. And it it also brings up another question of, well, if or I don't think a review score should 
you know, should persuade you to cancel a pre-order because you probably shouldn't have pre-ordered that game to begin with. I'm always like, I only pre-order stuff that I'm pretty much going to buy no matter what review scores are. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would have still bought Breath of the Wild if it got four out of tens. Well, maybe not four out of tens, <laughs> but if it was, you know, six and sevens out of tens. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, because that was something that, you know, I knew I was going to get anyway. Like, there was just no way I'm going to let a bunch of reviewers, you know, dissuade me. It's just one of those things. So that's but kind of a separate You pre-ordered topic, it. You had pre-ordered it. What? You had pre-ordered it. You were going to buy it either way. Yeah, no, but that's what he's saying. Right. It's, it's a, he, pre, he only pre-orders things that he would buy no matter what the review was. Right. Yeah, yeah. Again, maybe not if it was three and fours out of tens. That's a little, that's like the game is broken, but. Yeah. Um, for the most part, that's that's my rule. Um, and that goes to the track that's the record thing as well that Jordan was talking about. You know, you have a track record with Nintendo and Zelda games. Like, that too. How on right. earth would it be a three or four, you know? Right. Yeah. And that... And then the, on that same note, uh, I did pre-order Horizon, um, but the reviews for that game came out like two weeks ahead. So I actually pre-order, pre-ordered it after the reviews came. I was almost certain I wanted it, and then those reviews did confirm it to me. So I think there is some value, and I don't think you can say like, well, you you shouldn't look at reviews at all. You should just buy what you want and try everything and get a chance. Well, you know, not everyone has enough time and money to try everything. Like, yeah, you're going to miss some gems that might not have the highest scores, but that's the best way, you know, to optimize how much time you have and play the generally the better games. Generally, of course, uh, there's always exceptions, but that's my personal take on it. What do you guys think? I think it's a it's not a black and white issue as most things are not in this world. Everyone thinks they, it's a you know black or white, a lot of gray area. So as far as review goes, uh, reviews very rarely affect my purchases. As far as if I'm already planning to buy something day one. They will affect my purchase if it's something I missed and then I'm like, I want to go back to that. I never had a chance to play it. Let me check out reviews, you know? Because normally if I'm interested mm-hmm. in something day one, I've done enough research on my own. I mean, we're, we're right. kind of in the minority. First of all, we do a video game podcast, which isn't in the minority necessarily on a grand scale, but like we're pretty involved in, in knowing things more than the average gamer, right? And we, we pretty much know what we can expect from games. Mass Effect Andromeda, we've said for the longest time, it could be great. At worst, it'll be a good game. 12 to 15 hours in, it's definitely at the very least a good game, Jordan. I've said that. That's a game I pre-ordered. It's the only game I pre-ordered in, I think, the last two years. And right. it's because... A, you were going to get it. I love right. Mass Effect, obviously. Even if that game was bad, I love that universe so much that, though I probably would have been very critical of the game, I still would have said it was worth my $60 as a fan of that series, right? Personally. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah. And I... Don't ever ostracize someone like, "Well, oh, you're just playing it because it's Mass Effect. It's a piece of shit." Exactly. Like, that's fine. Like if yeah. if you're yeah, I played that garbage ass Legend of Korra game <laughs> on uh, that fucking Platinum made, oh, and I I didn't love myself very much that day, but I wanted to play that game because it was Korra, it was canon, it you know had consulting from the creators. It's like, dude, I just fucking love the Last Airbender universe, and. I think, you know, I think it's it's a separate issue here because, like, the people that you're talking about are the people that I think just want attention and want to justify the decisions they make. If you're coming right, from yeah. a perspective where you don't have a lot of expendable income and you don't have a lot of expendable time, you know, you, you should be up to date on things enough to know whether or not – pre-ordering kind of goes opposite of that is what I'm basically trying to say. Like, if you have limited amount of yeah. time and you have limited amount of money, why would you ever pre-order anything, you know? Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, 
the only thing you're saving time on is walking to the store or pressing the buy button the day it comes out. You're not really doing any yourself a service by any means. Um, reviews, as far as the reviews affecting purchases, like I said before, they never affect a day one purchase just because I... I feel as us three are, we're pretty intelligent when it comes to video games enough to be able to make our own decisions and we don't have to look to other people for them. I go to reviews to hear other people's opinions to see how they interact with my own opinions on a game. And like I said, if it's a game I or passed... Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Or to hear Brandon Jones' voice. Yes, or to hear Brandon Jones' voice at, at Trailer Jones on Twitter. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. So, yeah, uh, the only time I ever look at reviews and it defines a purchase is if it's an old game I missed and I'm thinking about buying it on maybe a sale or maybe it's just discounted. Um, yeah, I, I think that reviews are important. I do think they're very important, but I don't think they should hold 100% of the weight in your purchasing de decisions. There's a lot of different tools. Like earlier when you were talking about it, I said it's a tool. Reviews are a tool. Uh, Twitch and YouTube gameplays are tools. You know, artic written no articles. Commentary. Yeah, or commentary or written articles. They're tools. What you should do, as somebody who's uh, you know an an intelligent, informed consumer, do all of the research. Use all of the tools at your disposal and come to a solution. You know, um, the other thing, like this weird internet culture of getting crazy. Like Mass Effect has some animation problems. Jordan and I have talked about it. You know, one thing Jordan and I didn't do, we didn't go and attack a developer, a female developer who supposedly maybe worked on the game's animations and attack her and give her death threats. Like, what kind of stuff is that? Also, in no world are Jordan and I going to sit here and say the developers are lazy because that just shows a, a sign of us not understanding game development. You think a single developer was sitting there like, I could fix these animations. I don't feel like doing it today. No, and I and I bet you it's so far the opposite because this game clearly had to get out in that fiscal year, and I bet that in the you know in the past six months, I bet those developers were working goddamn harder than anyone else in the industry to meet that deadline because they knew they couldn't miss it, right? And that's just and the, that's, the reality of it. That, I think that's the bigger conversation here is, um, you know, I think just this game specifically has had a really rocky. Uh, road ice cream <laughs> really rocky path yeah really rocky road i think um i i think i was pretty much spot on you know talking about it at e3 last year just saying that um clearly they thought that this game was going to be out last year ea did the publisher did the way that they had set up their e3 presentation the year before and the way that they had been trickling out information they, you could tell they thought it was perfect for it to line up with last year, and then when they had to keep revealing more stuff to keep the hype train going, you could tell it just fell apart. Um, like I said earlier, I don't think this was a good idea putting... Whether or not it was your B team on the project, you certainly didn't put it in the hands of the people who had uh, you know, made the first three games as popular and as critically well loved as they were. That team's on the new IP. They clearly, they're like, we need to right. form a new team because we need to get this Mass Effect game out. So, yeah, I, I agree yeah, with you I, I, I don't get that. Like, one of your biggest franchises that's already a stable moneymaker and people are already clamoring for one of the most anticipated video games in the industry, and you're like, yeah, well. I just don't see how EA couldn't see that as a surefire thing, you know, like, why, why, if you had, you know, I'm just saying, like, if this game came out to the 9s and the 8.5s and everything that we were expecting, 
then and it had that proper team on it, I think that this game would be selling like bonkers. But now they're going to have to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild until the point where it might get enough traction by the end of the year to uh, regain itself yeah, in I think, uh, people's eyes. I think critically the game will do well. I mean, sorry. I think sales-wise the game will do well because it's a big enough It'll property. do fine. Yeah. yeah. Critically, I think that... It, I think that the, the developers, maybe not EA, who knows, I think the developers, the Azibiro, they've actually been pretty vocal of saying they're going to constantly try to fix this as much as they can. They understand people are having issues. They're not shying away from this. And, you know, Witcher 3, a fantastic game, though it didn't have the same exact problems. They did have problems, and CD Projekt Red were badasses, and they fixed it as fast as they can, and they made the game the final product it was, right? And I'm not saying this this Bioware team can do what CD Projekt Red did, but they're that's, doing all the that's necessary That's my biggest steps. thing. They're doing all the necessary steps to make people believe that. So, Sure. I just feel like, and I've saw those same tweets that you're talking about, I just feel like there's something, like they can't fundamentally change the game at oh, this yeah. point, and that's what they would that's what they would have to do to to fix the facial animations to the point where people would be satisfied. It's, um, that's a whole discussion, yeah. though. Like, I, the, I understand it's for some people it's game-breaking, but they're acting like the eyes are looking in two different directions and stuff, and I... I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not giving them a pass. I understand there's a problem, and it could definitely be better. I 100% agree with you that it's a step down from the, the, the original trilogy. But the way some people word this stuff, man, is ludicrous. They're like saying, this game's no, completely I agree, yeah. broken. And I'm like, Jesus, really? And not everything isn't on fire or perfect. It's not how things work. The thing that I'm excited for, when I finish this game, I think at the very best, to me personally, it'll be like a... In terms of to be related to a score, I think it'll be at the very highest an 8.5, right? I don't know if it'll reach a 9. At the very lowest, I really think it's going to be a 7.5. And, um, and for me, that gets me excited because if this team was rushed, and it seems like it was, they had all these departures and people coming, for them to deal with all of that crap, and I'm talking about the developer specifically, not the publisher, for them to deal with all that crap and still deliver a 7.5 to an 8.5, I think is good. Obviously, we expect more out of Mass Effect. I'm not giving them a pass on that. But moving forward, I think this team has the talent in place that we see that the next game in the Mass Effect series that they're able to work on and be comfortable with and have enough time and not have to worry about all this bullshit and be familiar with the universe and have all these systems in place. I think we can really see uh, Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 jump, and that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, that's, that is what I am excited for as well because I think, um, you know, Kind of like how people are paying more for VR games, and they probably will have to in the future, just because um, being in an early adopter, you kind of have to help build that platform. I feel like we, uh, like you and me, for example, people who pre-ordered this game and were there on day one, you know, we're supporting this team in, in its younger, um, almost like adolescent stages, if a developer had one, you know, it's like... Um, they may make mistakes, but we just kind of got to love them through it. And then you may see, like, this adversity that they're going through now could make them way, way stronger. And you could see um, some really cool things happen in the future. Because you know this is going to be a trilogy at least. Um, so, yeah, th I think this could, though it may seem really sucky now, at least we got a solid game. Like, I'm not, I started this game, I got a couple hours in. I'm not like, fuck this game. You yeah, know, I'm exactly. not just like, yeah. oh, screw this. Like, yeah. these facial animations are terrible. Like, no, I just came from Horizon where they're also dog shit. It's part of the industry. I get it. We're not, you know, past that uncanny valley yet, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, if we stick through 
um, stick with them through this, you know, tougher time. I think we could um, really get some good stuff out of this team. But just the, you know, going back to what I said earlier, it almost seems like you could have put, let's say this is, let's call these guys the B team that just made Mass Effect Andromeda since that kind of goes with the theme. And let's say the A team is working on this new IP. You could have just flopped that and said, well, the A team's a surefire deal and Mass Effect is a surefire franchise. Let's get that out. And then, you know, this new IP, we'll just let these other guys, these new guys, figure it out as they go. I don't know. I think also. also sorry, Doug, dopest you box to art. Good. Dopest box art of a game I've seen in a long time. Walking through Target, I wanted to buy a physical copy of the damn game just because the box looks so cool, and I never say that. Yeah, I, I think it looks great. There. I think personally the only box art this year that looks better than it is <laughs> I love Zelda's American box art. I don't really like the, oh, yeah. the, the oh, Japanese a... one, but the American box art I think I like a lot. Um, I think Jordan 2, one of the things is it is one of those interesting things of like, do we have the team that's worked in the original trilogy work on this new step? Or do we bring in a new team and have that 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 proven pe- the the people that are proven have an IP come out to to stellar reviews, right? Because we can only expect that original Mass Effect team that new IP is going to be bonkers. And with this, maybe EA we don't know we're not behind closed doors. Maybe EA did see this as an opportunity. Like you know what, we're this is a new step for Mass Effect. This team has been working really hard, uh, being the second team in a lot of other games, putting in their effort. We want us we want them to have something be their own, you know. And we don't know. So I, I and you know I I don't usually like making mistakes like or making uh um what's the word I'm looking for making uh, excuses I'm sorry making excuses for games like this um, because uh, people get into this weird like role playing thing where it's like oh well the reason that everything glitches out in Bethesda is because you're in this post apocalyptic wasteland where everything's radiated <laughs> I don't you know, know. Yeah. That's so there's crap there's like crap like that level. where people will go yeah. they'll go yeah like super meta to try to explain things in games but I do think it's kind of ironic and maybe um, personally I think I'm going to try to look at it um, in a positive ironic sense when I'm playing the game um, that you know the, this game's all about jumping into this new galaxy with the Andromeda initiative and being the pathfinder. And these guys are, you know, having to come in and pick up this giant franchise and they don't have all these games under their belt that they've shipped. And so they're trying to find their own path and they're like in a whole new galaxy that they're not familiar with. You know, it is kind of some parallels there, um, in a meta sense. And so I'm not giving them an excuse, but I do think I can, for me personally, I think I can kind of, uh, let that comfort me to, in a sense, you know, let's, let's be pathfinders together. I think so, I, really quick before you go down, I think the easiest way to put it is that me and you are giving them a chance, not necessarily a pass. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not giving yeah. them a pass. Always good to be open-minded, game. dude. Yeah. We're it's always good to be open-minded. You usually get more enjoyment out of things that yeah. way. Go ahead, Dom. Sorry. So, uh, mass effect is something in the future. Jordan, you want to talk about something yeah. in the past? I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, so uh, I'm the Segway I'm master. Stuck, These uh, dumb way, dude. I, <laughs> I'm in a a weird time warp here because, like I said, I thought, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get a switch for a good minute as far as these stock uh, updates are going. And so I thought, you know, I had a 3ds a while back, and then I upgraded it when the 3ds XL came out, and then I sold that after a while. So it's been probably three or four years since I've had a 3DS, and um, there's you know some stuff I've missed out on. 
I was like, I'll go ahead and get this 3DS, uh, get a new 3DS XL while I'm at it. Um, you know, yeah, I can kind of play the Nintendo stuff that I missed out on um, until I get my Switch. And then, of course, we get this news thing saying, hey, on the 22nd, there's going to be Switches. I'm like, well, I should probably jump on the train now so I don't have to keep on waiting, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm basically getting two new Nintendo consoles in a week. Um, so I'm going into the future and into the past at the same time. Kind of weird, but, um, yeah, basically I just wanted to talk to you guys. Like I said, I'm familiar with the console, um, and I've played it, uh, played some of the games on there already. Um, but I wanted to know some, what some of your favorite games are. If you have any, uh, accessory recommendations, I'd love that. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking for some, we were talking about maybe talking about, uh, maybe calling it a 3DS retrospective. I'm cool with that. You know, favorite games, whatever. Just um, anything you guys have, lay it out on the table. So, yeah, I'll give you a perspective. So for me, I'll tell you uh, a couple of the games I have on my 3DS. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Yes, got it. Link's Awakening, Seasons and Ages. Uh, Link to the Past, A Link Between Worlds. Uh, Fire Emblem <laughs> the, Fates? The point... Fire Emblem, but the point the point was this is the thing is a Zelda machine. Uh, there's nearly you know every barring the last like three major 3D Zelda console games, this has every other Zelda game on it. Yes, I did already go ahead and buy the original Zelda on Virtual Console just because I hear so much about it. Oh and yeah, God forbid I get an NES Classic. Yeah. So yeah, I did that, and then yeah, I got uh, Ocarina of Time 3D already ready to go on there. So. Like 20 bucks. Yeah. My 3DS necessarily isn't a Zelda machine, as uh, Dom's is. Um, <laughs> mine's, for the most part, a Pokemon machine. Uh, I know, shocker. Yeah, buddy. Um, Been playing some of that Pokemon Sun. So, and I forgot to mention, I put a bunch of hours into uh, Pokemon Red version as well. Got myself a Mew. Yeah, man, when those became available, like the original version to be played through the eShop, I was so excited. Like, oh, it's so great. Um but as far so I I owned a regular uh, 3ds I forgot what color it was had that for a while um, I had I, it's hard for me to remember specific games um, f- that I had for each one but I had one of the Pokemon games for it and then I sold it and I didn't play 3ds for like a year or so and then I saw a really good deal for the Mario I don't know if you guys seen it. it's a silver Mario and Luigi 3ds has like gold outline in the Mario and Luigi came with an mm-hmm. awful game. I didn't like. I shouldn't say awful. I just didn't like Mario and Luigi Dream Team. I don't like Mario RPG games. I've never liked them. I like I like uh, uh, Paper Mario, but outside of that, I don't really like like the Mario and Luigi weird RPG crap. This is really not for me. So that game came. I tried it. I played like three hours. I was like no go. I gave it to my my nephew. Uh, <laughs> so I've pretty much just played Pokemon games exclusively. Uh, I have Metroid and Super Metroid. Uh, through the eShop. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Fire Emblem Awakening. Yeah, Wait, Awakening was the one before Fates, right? I've heard... Yeah, yeah. I've heard good, great things about Awakening. I've heard it's a really good uh, starting point for the series. Obviously, probably better than the next one, which was three installments wrapped into one. Yeah, and man, th- like... I'm. That's why I'm, I'm super excited for the Switch, because we've talked about this at length, but... The fact is, is we now don't have to own the handheld and the console. The problem with Nintendo is like, yep. it's hard to justify buying a Nintendo console just for Nintendo games, though they're so great. The thing is, is that 
it's easier to trick your mind into buying a handheld than a console, right? It's like no one else really makes handhelds and Nintendo's the top dog on that. That's why it was so easy for me to buy a 3DS because like I'm not going to get I had a PSP, I'm not going to get a Vita. No shame to the Vita, it's a great system, well, but like, you know. Okay, I mean? let's let's step back. They're the top dog, but saying no one else really makes handhelds is a bit of a stretch. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying what I'm saying is they've dominated the handheld market for so long, right? Before. I just I just feel like Sony Sony kind of got stepped on there for a second. I'm, I I had well, they did that to themselves. I had a PSP. I love the PSP. I guess that was a bit of an overstatement. But I'm saying is like there's not as many players in the game there, right? They are absolutely top dog yeah. though of handheld games. Um, now with the Switch, we don't have to worry about that. We're gonna get the console games. Or we're gonna get the handheld games. Whether or not they have frame rate issues, played on handheld, I, I'm excited for that. The fact is, I have one console where I can expect a majority of the Nintendo games, right? But going to 3DS, I love the system. Most of the time, speaking of the major point of the system, the 3D, I most of the time I don't use the 3D. Um, yeah, just, I'm already past that. Too. Just because it uh, it bothers my eyes, you know. I think that's, the 3D that's, looks, that was me too. Yeah, I think the 3D looks cool, but it just bothers my eyes, and I just don't like it. And plus, it's like a cool addition, whatever. Um, I think the I think it's very cool that they. I mean, when you look at it, like. Nintendo is the first company to bring um, non-glasses 3D to the consumer market, when you yeah. think about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which is really cool, and that's kind of like a them future, pushing future tech in a way that they don't usually do, so I like that part. But um, yeah, it's that Switch is definitely staying off for me most of the time, because it looks cool, but yeah, like... Using it for, you know, if I'm sitting there trying to play Mario Kart for two hours, no way. I'm going to have a terrible headache. Exactly. Um, my closing thoughts on 3DS, my personal, you know, uh, experience with it is I think it's a pretty solid piece of hardware. I don't think it's as, like, solid as, like, a Vita or anything, but I do think I like it more than the DS. I like it more than any handheld, really, since the Game Boy Advance, and even that felt very toy -y. I think that, you know, though the 3DS isn't, like, crazy uh like professional looking or sturdy i think it is the most sturdy and hardy and meaty out of all of the nintendo handhelds and i don't even have an excel which i would assume is even more of that so um i enjoyed the system i have never ever regretted buying a nintendo handheld um just because they're always so solid and so great um right and that's why i knew i could buy it this late in the game even if i do end up getting a switch right now you know it's that's the beauty it's of Nintendo, cool. man. Is you can buy a, you can buy it, and even if, for some odd reason, though Nintendo, they always have great games. Even the Wii U had great games for the lack of the console success. There's always that virtual console. There's always that backlog, and that's what Nintendo has. Even more over PlayStation, a lot more over Xbox, as they have that catalog, and that's why you can just jump in, get their stuff for their hardware for super cheap, and then just have all of the software that you spend money on, and they know you'll spend money on, you know, so. I love the 3DS. Great piece of hardware. Um, I, I'll never, never uh, hate on it at all. I loved it so much. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I concur. Yeah. You got any accessories you guys really like? I didn't buy any. I'm not an accessory guy. Yeah. I, I had a I case, but it's like not a, it's like a, a jank case, like a Walmart jank case. It works. Um, but um, I, I didn't get any crazy accessories or anything. That's just not the type of, which is funny because when I get a Switch, I think, 
the pro controller is going to be and maybe if i get a Joy-Con charge grip which i don't know if i'll get one those will be the most accessories i've ever purchased outside of back in the day when you had a game boy advance and you had to buy that little light that you plugged into the top so you could play it in the mm-hmm. dark because it oh, wasn't yeah. Yeah. properly i don't really buy accessories they're not really my thing for the most part and that that brings me back to like the ds days when i got like the original ds and i had a it was literally like a metal briefcase. That, <laughs> yeah. that thing is so ugly, dude. Oh man, and they came with you know a bunch of accessories, but it was a literal like a literal hard metal like metallic briefcase. It's crazy DS. how much of an improvement <laughs> aesthetically the DS Lite is. Like, yeah. oh yeah, that's you look at a DS, DS Lite. Movie. You look at a DS Lite, and nowadays you almost feel like that's just the DS. And then you look at the original DS, you're like, oh whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it as far as 3DS for us. Do you have any closing thoughts, Jordan? I know you're you have one now, and now yeah, you're gonna I'm, have a Switch too, so that's crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna get a a buttload of Nintendo experiences coming up here. Um, I kind of want to play some Zelda on my 3DS because uh, really want to make it. I had started Ocarina of Time 3D, but had never the best finished version. it. The best and it is game, absolutely yeah. the best version. Um, it's so cool what they did with that, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure Majora's Mask is the same. But uh, Majora's Mask, but is, yeah, uh, I gotta wait. Is actually like even better uh, using the the C stick for the camera. It's like that's what. Oh yeah, know. and I've got I've got that little nub now on yeah. the new 3ds XL. Shout out so. to Nintendo's um, game preservation man because of their their yeah. virtual console eShop stuff. I will say I thought the virtual console was a little rough i think there's a decent amount of stuff on there but a lot of it is trash yeah i mean um, I, I think it's there's like it's i, I like that you know there's the though. three pokemon games there's the three mario games the three Mega Man games the three zelda games and then there's just like a bunch of rando nes stuff like shovelware yeah yeah but but i got you know some games that i want i picked up earthbound because you know that's a game that people have talked about forever and that um, I had never played um, Pokemon Red, Link, uh, or uh, Legend of Zelda, um, and Super Mario 3, and Land, I think. I think I got both of those. I, I think that's pretty much it for the 3DS talk. Uh, you're going to be, obviously you're getting your, your Nintendo Switch tomorrow, so we're going to have plenty of Zelda impressions next yes. week. I'm pretty sure all yes. three of us will be playing Walking Dead Episode 3, and we'll talk about that. That'll probably be one of our topics, too. So you can almost guarantee Zelda talk next week and Walking Dead. As far as what I'm going to be playing for the coming week, massive, a ton of Mass Effect Andromeda and also Walking Dead Season 3, Episode 3, or A New Frontier, Episode 3. That's pretty much everything for me. Um, just tons of Mass Effect, and then when that game comes out, I'm going to dive deep into that, get that done so I can go back to Mass Effect. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, you, 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 you thinking you're gonna play a massive amount of Mass Effect? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna. Uh, it's uh, gonna be a massive uh, effect on my time constraints. I don't know. That was bad. Uh, uh, what, are, what are you guys gonna be? Playing? I know Jordan, you're gonna be playing your Switch. You're gonna be playing Zelda. Yeah. So I am so. I mean, you know, we're like just about 15 hours away from me picking it up, and I'm still just itching. But yeah, I'll be playing that. 15 hours um, remain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Dawn of the final um, gonna be playing that a bunch, and then I might pick up another game or two for the Switch, you know, Snipper Clips or something like that. Um, and then you're gonna be an RPG <laughs> heaven out of all of us because you're 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 the cross section. You're playing Zelda Horizon and Mass yep. Effect. 
That's crazy. Oh, and yeah, and uh, Persona's coming up oh, real quick. Oh, yeah, quick, Persona buddy. beginning so, of April. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> so there's that. And then not only that, but also what I was just about to mention, besides Mass Effect, which I'll also be playing, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 yeah, comes out. That's only six Christ. more RPGs to go through. So we're not going to hear from you for um, a few months then, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, there's that. Also, I wanted to mention... Um, I just got to, without spoiling anything, I just got to the Nexus in Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, the, you get there and you kind of see that there's some hijinks going on. Seems like some weirdness going on. And um, so I'm like, well, what's what's the deal with this? What's What happened on the Nexus? And so I'm about to start reading the novel that just came out. Uh, the prequel novel called Nexus Uprising. Mine's being which shipped. Is gonna be... It's in the mail. I can't wait to start reading it. Yeah, it's going to be the story of, uh, you know, what happened on the Nexus. And I got the art book and the collector's strategy guide. Those are gorgeous, um, just to mention as well. So, yeah. That's awesome. It seems like it's going to be a very busy week for you, obviously. Yes. Uh, yes, indeed. Dom, more Zelda? I just got more, yeah, more Zelda. I don't know. I, I, you know what? No, I am going to get to Horizon because um, I haven't gotten a chance to really get to it on my new TV, and I need to do that. Because... Oh, my God, Dom. You're missing the fuck out, dude. So I you want to talk about a showcase for a 4K TV. That's Horizon right there. And I got like, I think like the top of the line Samsung TV. I couldn't skimp out, and I just did so much research and probably like paid for some bunch of stuff I'll never notice. But I just I had it. I just I splurged on this thing, and it's it's something. I think it's a good investment. But you you yeah, yeah, I think it's a great investment. I think you future proofed, and you know 4K's just now coming around the bin so you're not going to be outdated for a while right right also and you got a you got a quality tv so you know that money is going to be invested in something that'll last a while before we fingers crossed before we close out i've been playing mass Effect. i want to give a shout out to uh kumal nanjiani uh natalie dormer and christine larkin for their performances in mass effect like they're very good um oh yeah well well let's say this natalie dormer for example her voice performance is wonderful, but for some reason, her character's face keeps making these weird expressions, yeah. like smiling when she's upset and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as their like pure voice acting, I think they've they've done a pheno- phenomenal uh, performance. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a busy week for all of us. We're going to be deep into a bunch of RPG goodness. That was week uh, or episode fifty-two of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Thank you guys for listening or watching. Uh, website, uh, website, website. Apparently, I'm Sean Connery. Uh, uh, website should be up and running in the next couple of weeks. We're trying to figure all that stuff out. Uh, review for Wildland should be going up in the next week. I'm currently writing that as I sp- as I speak. I guess I'm not writing it literally. But, you know, <laughs> Jared, that's relatively impressive. Double duty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, game's great. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. You guys have anything else before we close out? Aren't you watching Ghost You're in the Shell? You're not the boss week? of me. Didn't Ghost in the Shell come out this week? Or is it coming out today? Uh no, that's about to come out. That's okay. uh Yeah, I'm 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 just gonna be I'm just happy that that movie even got made, so I'm not i I'm not too worried about it. Uh <sighs> it's not getting very positive reception so far. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just gonna just gonna enjoy it, you know. Alrighty, I think that does it for episode 52. We'll catch you guys next week in episode 53. We might have a guest uh, talking to a couple people, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.